On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. Uh, I'm Sarah, and you're doing good. This is good. I'm going to leave that in there because that, that I'm Sarah. Um, most importantly, I'm a Gryffindor for uh, all of you. Um, okay. Hufflepuffs out there. Hey, Hufflepuff and proud, baby. And speaking of Hufflepuffs, my co-host is Sam, my brother-in-law. Hufflepuff till he dies. Hufflepuff. (laughs) Hufflepuff (laughs) till I die. The one week I decide to be confident about it, I can't say it. Hufflepuff. Many of you are probably like, wait, Sam usually says the intro. Well, guess what? Curveball. Curveball. We're feeling spicy today. We're feeling spicy. Yes. Maybe because we have some hot takes. Well, I don't know if our takes are that. Maybe hot. sad takes. Sad takes. That's <laughs> we had to mix it word. up, add, add some humor. I'm laughing to keep from crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Okay. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to give you some of our fun facts about HP6. Yeah. We know it. We like it. Do we? I like, well, is... Mm. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. I wanted to come in with the hot take because we're a podcast. Yeah. Like, Harry Potter, What's stop? Up? But that's it's not okay. reality. So Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I don't update my outline because <laughs> I assume I'll be reading it and no, <laughs> not to say things. At least I realized it was wrong. I was like, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Okay. <laughs> Harry Potter and... The Half-Blood Prince was released on July 16th, 2005. Um, 17 years ago. 17 years ago. Yep. <sighs> How old were you 17 years ago? How old am I now? 33? 16. I was 14. Okay. I remember reading this book. I was 16. Prime of my life. Just I kidding. I have no <laughs> memories. 14, I would have been 8th or ninth grade. I just have very significant memories of a couch in my parents' house where I read a lot of Harry Potter mm. books. And was it in the living room? Yes. So you would read out in the living room. You weren't a bedroom no, closed door reader. No. I just like I'm too nosy and I also can eliminate a lot of like I can just ignore people. But you want to be around people yes. but them not talking to That's you. That's right. That's right. Mm. That's kind of my favorite place to be. Is there a drink of choice while you're reading? A snack? What do no. we no, I literally just sit there with my book open. I get annoyed by snacks and drinks when I'm reading oh. because I can't keep my pages. Okay. Yeah. My books are covered in Chick-fil-A, and that sounds disgusting, as, but I love to eat and read. As most books should be covered Sitting in. down <laughs> to a, like a, my lunch with a book is one of my favorite feelings on the planet. I like to eat lunch, then read a book. No. Together. I can't do it together. I can't do it together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, if, well, I can't read an actual, like, Hardcover book. I could read my Kindle while reading, but eh. the page flipping and yep. if it's a new book, the pages don't stay open. Yeah. You know, it's I not great. I can't tell you how many books I've gotten barbecue sauce on. Well, can't so, make a lot I of money on those. I disgusting kind of telling everybody this, but there's somebody out there somebody. who needs to hear my story. Somebody. And needs just to know that it's know okay. they're not alone. 
Not alone, yeah. Mm. And that Chick-fil-A sauce on page 347 of Where the Crawdads Sing, which I didn't do that. I borrowed that book, so I didn't oh, eat it while good. reading. I was going to say. Shout out to Emily Kirk for let me borrow Where the Crawdads up? Sing. I did not eat and read that book. That would it did be, have a massive I'm, coffee stain on it. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so J.K. Rowling, <laughs> if we're continuing Segway. on <laughs> with some fun facts. No, you've got to do like uh, the oh. cheesy segues I always do. Well, no, I don't actually. This is my pad- podcast today. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I had a terrible one, but it couldn't, I couldn't so, get it connected. Anyways, so speaking of barbecue sauce stains on books, you want to talk about another sad thing? J.K. Rowling that said that was pretty, pretty good. good. That was pretty good. J.K. Rowling said she was upset by the end of this book. Quote, I was a bit teary with Sirius, but I was seriously upset at the end of this book. Well, you know what? Why'd you write it if you didn't <laughs> like it? <laughs> okay. There's the intro. So, Sam. That was a really good intro, thank yeah. Thank you. I'm good at it. Okay. So, Sam. What made you so inspired wanting to do the intro today? You just I don't know. I just feel. Feeling it. Feeling it. Uh, just mm. today's the day. Today's the day. Well, you are a little Six sad today. about this book. Yeah, and I am. so I had to bring the energy up. Mm. Are you telling me that I'm not allowed to feel that way? You can feel however you okay, want. Good. Sure. But we still have to entice people to listen. We are still a children's book podcast. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, Sam, you said you don't remember reading Mm-mm. it long ago. Nope. First time I would have read it would have been in 2013. Oh. When I was 21. And I'm pretty sure I mowed through it rather quickly Oh, because Harry Potter, the first time I ever read it, and it this kind of held up this time around. Once you clear four, the next three books you're going to read pretty quick. Absolutely. Well, unless you were an original reader where you had to wait, well, okay. like me. Right. Right. And most people. So speaking of my parents' couch. Let's go. I significantly remember reading this book because my sister and I... We split it, split the cost of mm-hmm. it. From the Navy Exchange? From the Navy Exchange. Oh, you have such a good memory. Split the cost <laughs> of it. And I sat down and read it in however many hours, probably five. Yeah. But then I couldn't talk to anybody about it. That's the problem with being the first and the fastest. Yeah. Is my sister took seven to ten more days seven to read to it. Seven to ten. Okay. Sorry, Hannah. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Just getting drugged here. Um, Well, it was summer, so maybe three days. Okay. Three, yeah, because it was summer vacation. But I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And for our listeners who have read the book, what's up, TJ and Timbo? You know, you want to talk about it, right? So, so you are a book talker. Like when, even before you're on a podcast talking about books, when you read a book, you want to talk to somebody about it. Um, Part of your process depends on the book. Some books. I read, shut, right. done. Uh, but yes, I do love to talk about a book. I love to talk about what I read. Um, and especially one like Harry Potter, where right. it's been part of my life. And right. how can you not talk about it? Because you're a pretty current reader, too. Like, you read a lot of books as yeah. they come out. I do. And pretty modern. That's one thing I'm not good at. I'm reading books that are, like, old, old. Well, my big problem, though, is that I don't pay for books. So I'm always on the library wait list. So okay. I'm usually six to nine months behind the times. Okay. But I usually read books that come out within a year. Okay. Or three. Hmm. Relatively current. Relatively current. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the newest book, probably where the crowd I'd sing, and that's like six years old. Oh. Yeah. 
But I'm not going to talk about that book right here. Okay. <laughs> did not okay. Like it. Wrong podcast, Sam. Sorry, Reese Witherspoon. I didn't think it was that good. Anyways, Whoa, sick burn. Speaking of books that, no, this book was good. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> mean segues. Mean so, segues. speaking of books, we read a book. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, man. Anywho, so, Sam. Speaking of books <laughs> that next? we like to talk about, mm-hmm. let's talk about Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, let's talk about it. We're here. We're here. It's time. It's so time. give me your first thoughts. Oh, man. Uh, this book, it feels like a bridge book in that it gets us from five to seven. Mm-hmm. And there's not like the ending is good, which has been consistent with Harry Potter's. I think that's the reason... One of the reasons for their success is she knows how to write a really satisfying ending mm-hmm. to a book. And the moment Dumbledore and Harry pop back into Hogsmeade, like you can't stop. Things are just getting yes. wild. But before that, I remember thinking like, we're kind of stuck here. And I know that's where Harry is. He's kind of stuck in school while Voldemort's back and all this stuff is happening. But I just remember being like, I don't really care about Quidditch. And you don't care about Quidditch? We've had, we've had five seasons of it, and oh, that's right, because Triwizard Tournament. That's we right. Didn't but I just four. I was like, there's bigger things happening here. Hmm. I know Harry's the captain. Uh, I didn't really care for Harry and Ginny. No, no, boo. Uh, I'm kind of on team. Harry should have ended up with Hermione because Hermione makes him the best version of himself. I'm thinking Harry should have ended up with conviction. Luna Lovegood. If I'm being honest, yeah, Luna's great. <laughs> Like, I feel like Luna and Harry actually have some kind of deeper connection. Well, Luna's a safe person to process his emotions with, which is also a great attribute mm, when you're looking for somebody to partner up with. Just there's a lot of plot lines here that I'm kind of like, I I don't know what's going on. Because the the big plot of the Voldemort thing, we're learning a lot about Voldemort's past, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. That is interesting. Which humanizes him kind of in a strange way. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's good in the sense of like it humanizes Voldemort without you... Like, you could humanize him and be like, oh, he's just misunderstood. No, this doesn't show that he's misunderstood. It no. humanizes him while also showing that he's a monster. Well, it humanizes him, but gives background and um, gives context on his, why he's so evil. Yeah. You know, just, he didn't just pop out of nowhere being evil. Mm-hmm. And that is good. The story with his mother made me yeah. very sad. Yeah. But also she made some choices in there yes. with the love potion and all that stuff yeah. but she was but there's a lot of sad. pity there's a lot of pity well and especially yeah especially like knowing that she tried to see if he actually loved her mm-hmm. yeah that made me sad yeah that made me sad i will say like opening up the door for like whatever the british version of like a hillbilly is mm-hmm. because the moment they start yes. talking about the gaunts i was like this sounds like Appalachia. Up in the mountains where yep. I'm from. <laughs> it's like, I know we're still in England, yes. but all of the Gaunts yep. did not have like yep. scroungy British accents to me. They spoke real Southern. Well, they definitely <laughs> didn't have teeth yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. This, so the sixth book, if I'm being honest, the sixth and the seventh books tie for my least favorite. Okay. Maybe six is a little higher than seven or seven's a little higher than six, depending on the day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, six is just hmm, slow. Yep. 
I will say, I enjoyed Slughorn. Yeah, he's a good I character. I did enjoy him. The beginning when Dumbledore comes to collect Harry and take him to get Slughorn. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the scene where they, sn- they sneak up on Slughorn um, and he's turned himself into a chair. I always like that scene. I feel like it gives some of the whimsy of magic. I do appreciate that scene. And and I do like, because we talked about in the fifth book, how Dumbledore doesn't give Harry any information. And in this book, he says to Harry, I need you to convince him to come. Like, Mm -hmm. I need you to get this information from him later on, you know? I think that's where I enjoy the Pensieve so much. Yes. And she uses the Pensieve a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think the brilliance of it is it keeps her from having to spend like eight pages telling us something that happened right. and it allows her to show it happened, which just changes your experience of it. And that, that comes into play. I'm trying to think, did we go into the Pensieve in four for the first time? Was that where we did? Yes. Yes, we did with Barty Crouch. Did we go in in five, two? With... Anyways, yeah. I think it's, it's just really relevant here that we experience Voldemort's mm-hmm. past. We're not yeah. just having it told to us. Well, in the Pensieve, I've always liked that. Because I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes my brain feels crowded. Mm. And I always, like, sometimes I'm like, man, I could use a pensive. Or I could just take out something that's taking up space that I don't necessarily need right now, Mm -hmm. but I want to be able to come back to it and just put it in there. A part in this book that always makes me cringe, cringe, is when Harry gets stuck on the train because he tries to sneak up on Draco and hear his plan. And he wears that, the invisibility cloak. And I won't lie, the first time I read this, I literally, if I could read with my eyes covered, I would have, because I'm like, this isn't going well. And then when he describes breaking Harry's nose, like he steps on him. Yeah. I still cringe. It's bloody, it's embarrassing. I felt Harry's embarrassment too. but then I love that Tonks saves him. Yeah. And she doesn't really ask questions. She's just like, come on. She's about Draco. We get a lot of Draco Malfoy here. Well, we get some Draco, but we actually don't get a lot of Draco yeah. because Draco is hiding. He's we get Harry's too. obsession with Draco. Right. And that. But we don't get in many classic Malfoy mm-hmm. moments where no. you're just like, you are the most detestable, hateable right. like, He's just, human he is. being on the planet. And actually, the fact that this book starts with a scene with his mother, mm-hmm. who's terrified for him, kind yeah. of changes the whole tone. Yes, with him. yes. He's no longer just, he's someone's child, so. What else did you enjoy well, about this one? one of my, okay, for someone who doesn't love this book, I sure am thinking of things that I love about it. Yeah. Um, but still, okay, so it's not my least favorite. Seven is my least favorite. Um, but the liquid luck scene. I'm willing to bet that changes when we talk about seven, but yeah. go on. So the liquid luck scene, um, when Harry, because Harry wins it for coming up with the Bazaar, Bezor, 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 yes. Jeff Bezos. So the Bazaar or whatever it's called, he wins the Felix Feli- Felicius. Felix Felicis. That's how I pronounced it. Cause it's Latin, so I assumed it was. I love the things that go right for him, right. not just. So I that should he, go down to Hagrid's hut. Right. I don't know well, why. I'm and just not go. just 
that he does end up getting the memory, but that he knocks Dean and Jenny, even though we don't love Jenny as his girlfriend, mm-hmm. like he knocks into them just enough <laughs> yeah. that it causes to them to break fight. up. You know, just those little funny, mm-hmm. funny moments. And then he ends up at Hagrid's with Slughorn and yeah. he retrieves the memory. And that that's a good scene. Can I say real quick? Yes. McClagan is annoying and spoiled and whatever. He's a Gryffindor. And he has been the type of character that has been a Hufflepuff this entire series. So it's refreshing to see an annoying Gryffindor. I mean, for Gryffindors are still in humans. But every annoying character has not been Gryffindor up until now. That's true. Like, name one annoying Gryffindor other than McLagan. Ron. Well, Ron's not great. <laughs> Ron gets on my nerves. Uh, Percy. 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 Well, everybody, hope you're enjoying the show so far. It's time for some shout-outs. Shout-outs. Sarah, do you have anybody you want to give a shout-out to? Well, The world is your oyster. You can shout-out anyone. Anyone. Well, let me just shout-out. I kind of pre-shouted out my dad and my brother, but I will say congratulations, TJ and... Papa Tim, mm-hmm. I'm finishing the series. Whoa! Whoa! For all I of our listeners. I sound in here. Nope. Oh. That was the piano thing. Oh, I thought it was a sad. There's like <laughs> different sounds in oh, here. Cool. That were, nope, that's a record scratch. This one says dream. I think that's a good sound. I had an applause in here. Oh. Oh, the horn jazz sound played. Okay. That horn jazz was. That's for you, Tim, Papa and, Tim TJ. and TJ. Y'all finishing finished Harry it. Pa- First time for them? First time reading through the whole series. Oh. I wish we could have them on the show just to... Hey, we still can. A first-timers... First-timers, what do you think? Retrospective. That's right. Hmm. I can ask their opinions. That's a great shout-out. I'm going to give a shout-out to Andrew Bingham. Andrew's been updating us on his journey through Harry Potter and the episodes, and that's just been unimaginably fun and has made my week whenever he's done that. Thanks, Andrew. Shout-out to Andrew. What's up? And I want to give a shout-out to El Paso, Texas. Whoa. Here in the West Texas town of El Paso. I'm done. Okay. Anyways, El Paso, Texas. <laughs> a lot of wonderful people. <laughs> I don't there know any wonderful people down there in I don't El Paso. Know any of you, but thanks for listening. I wanted to say hello, <laughs> everybody down there. If you have not, keywords, have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts, be sure to go and do that. It is so helpful. Honestly, I don't even really care exactly what you say. I do like hearing the comments and what people like. And we like five stars. We do. You, but you could go over there and post your grocery list for all we care. Or your book list. Five star, or book list. You could go write a book you want reviewed on the show. That's not yes. where the crawdads Recommendations. sing. Give us some recs. Any of that. We welcome it all over on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We would thoroughly enjoy that. But also... If you want to communicate with us, you can follow us on Instagram. Instagram. Instagram Instagram.com at NYA Book Report. No caps, no spaces. Be sure to do that. And now, back to the show. Okay, Sam. What's up? What resonated with you? Mm, I could not get over how much despair I felt at the end of this book. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in Treetop Coffee, not a sponsor, could be. Where is Treetop Coffee? Over next to Bearden Books. Oh, 
right. One of my favorite bookstores in Knoxville. Support your local bookstores. Support your local bookstore. Hashtag. Um, popped into Bear Den, had a chat with her friend Tex. Um, but then I went to Treetop, finished reading this book, and I walked out of there and I was like, I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I know this is just a book, but I just feel so much despair yeah. and sadness. There is not much hope at no. the end of this one. Like even like I think about other big book series, like the end of Two Towers in Lord of the Rings. We've just won the Battle of Helm's Deep. End of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Luke has lost his arm, but at least we've got kind of a plan. This one, I'm like, Harry doesn't have, he doesn't know where any of the Horcruxes mm-hmm. are. The only one he thinks he has Ugh. just has some initials in okay. it. Okay, that moment when he opens up the locket and it's just a note. Yep. Probably one of the most crushing Harry Potter moments. I mean, it's crushing. Yep. It was crushing for me as a reader, crushing mm-hmm. for Harry. It You're also, just sitting there going like, it can't get worse. It can't. And, and then it did. Does. Yeah. Because, and this is kind of, I think it was in the fifth book, we kind of talked about Harry's regret a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, and this is one of those areas where I felt regret for Harry. They just did mm. all of this work yeah. for nothing. Well, Dumbledore's death was essentially Dumb- yes. for nothing. For nothing. Oh. How were you with Dumbledore? Do you remember the first time you read it when yes. he died? Yes. I remember being shocked. Shocked. Shocked, yeah. It takes very little for to shock me in books. Mm-hmm. I normally am just like, okay, keep going. But I, I mean, I can clearly remember sitting there, reading it, shutting the book, and being like, and not wanting to keep reading. Really? Oh, yeah. I was mad. I was going to use a different word, but I've been three strikes. You're out. And I just was like, I can't believe it. And I remember mm. not being able to tell my sister what happened and just sitting there knowing that Dumbledore is dead and not having anything to do with it. It was awful. And then you read the funeral scene. Yeah. And Hagrid carrying Dumbledore mm-hmm. just makes me weep. Then when you get to the seventh book, you're going to weep some more. Yeah. Because then you think, okay. I won't spoil that, but mm-hmm. ugh, it's just crushing. Yeah. It just like, and for Harry, I mean, he's thinking about what's next and he has no idea. Yeah. And he, I think that's, we keep talking about, I think the thing we keep, I, like I remember as I look back on the series, I always say after book four, it gets dark, mm-hmm. you know, and the book four is like the darkest moment. No. <laughs> I took that back at book three. Like book three mm-hmm. is dark. Book four is dark. Book five gets darker. And then you're going like, it can't get darker. And it does. It does. It like does. the ending of this book is about the pits. And I remember like, I don't even have any real crazy profound thoughts. It's just every scene after Dumbledore dies is just so. It's kind of gray. Polluted. Yeah. Yeah. With that grief. Cause you see Harry kind of, I don't remember where they are when they have the conversation where Harry's like, I'm not coming back to Hogwarts mm-hmm. and Ron and Hermione agree to go with him. Yeah. That scene, you're just like, that's great kids. Like, good yeah. luck. I don't but feel that, this like. I will say that scene where Harry and Ron, I mean, Hermione and Ron say, we're going with you. That is a precious scene too, yeah. because Harry has learned in this sixth book because Dumbledore told him, you have to trust your friends. You can tell them what I'm teaching you. Yeah. And you sometimes talk about how 
J.K. Rowling does things intentionally. I'm trying to think of like an English word, but um, I love the fact that in the beginning of the book, when Dumbledore starts taking Harry on these lessons, mm-hmm. he Harry asks, can I tell Hermione and Ron? And Dumbledore says, yes, you have to trust your friends yeah. with this. And he's like, they've shown, they've proven themselves basically. And so Harry entrusts Ron and Hermione with this information. And so then when it comes to him saying, I'm not coming back, yeah, Ron and Hermione are like, well, neither are we. And you can't argue it with us. Right. Like, and it, they have proven that they're trustworthy. It's very so, Samwise Gamgee moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a scene that I always in Lord of the Rings will always make me cry. There are certain scenes in books and movies that I just know I could watch them hundreds of times and they will still get me when mm-hmm. at the end of Fellowship of the Ring with Sam. And this is a very similar moment. Um, and I was already thinking about Lord of the Rings because there are a lot of parallels here between Gandalf and Dumbledore, mm-hmm. which is why I was absolutely shocked when Dumbledore died too. And I read it eight years after the book came out. So shout out to all of my friends who like Harry Potter, who didn't spoil it for me. Big kudos to you. I don't know why. I would have spoiled that (laughs) (laughs) so fast. (laughs) I I gave most most people about six weeks. And then I was like, six weeks. Oh yeah. And then I was like, Dumbledore's dead. (laughs) Hmm. I'm a savage, but I don't know how I didn't see it coming because the guy had always died. He had, well, and he had always. to die. Obi-Wan Kenobi dies. Yeah. Gandalf dies. And really, like, it wasn't Dumbledore's battle to fight. No. And, but had he stayed alive, yeah. Harry would have never done it. He would never have done what he needed to do. Because he always had Dumbledore protecting him. Right. He had to die. But I thought he would die at the very end. Like, right, right before Harry kills Voldemort. I thought right. it'd be like, bam, bam. And it wasn't. Mm. I don't know if what would have been better or worse, but I think this was the only. This way. was so painful. And yeah. then we find out that Snape. First time you read this book, how are we feeling? I about was old pissed. Gosh, I was so mad. Yeah, me too. So mad. I wanted to, to punch his greasy face. To punch his greasy face, light his hair on fire, run away. Yeah. I've never been so angry because I also was like J.K. Rowling, just I kill have him. A question here though. Okay. Snape turns around and says, do not call me a coward. It's kind of a strange moment. Strange moment. First read, I was like, you are a coward. Hush your mouth. Second read, I was like, oh, I get that now. That little moment That little moment, you're like, okay, there's something there. Why does he turn around at all and confront him? Exactly. He's always been kind of a rage ball. Yeah. Especially with Harry. Yes. And he just takes this strange moment where he just explodes and turns around. And that's one thing about Harry Potter, whole series. There's all these little strange moments. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think so much of her brilliance is, is she has these little strange moments where you're like, what just happened Mm -hmm. there? That's weird. And it's not explained in that book. Yep. But later it makes sense. It does. Because now I'm even thinking about one in the fourth book where it talks about where Dumbledore goes, Voldemort took your blood. Mm -hmm. And it says Dumbledore beamed. Yeah. And we never get an explanation right. for that. And even now, still, book six, we don't have an explanation. Right. There are so many moments like that where something happens and it is not explained. Yeah. She's, well, and I think that's why I like these books so much. Some people don't read the same book twice. Like once they right. read it, they're never going to read it again. No. I have a few books in my life that I'll reread. Mm-hmm. But these books, I think that's why I enjoy them so much is every time you read them, mm-hmm. you can pull out something different. Yeah. And, 
it's fun and it's fun to think, oh, I know what this means now, yeah. or I see why this matters. It's because she's a planner. Yeah. This is where that pays off. Yeah. Is that she's able to it sneak does. in all these little details. Yeah. And they just keep paying off and that's going to continue it in is. our next book. In our next book. Deathly Hallows. The last one. it all one. comes together. And listen, it'll be before September 21st, which means it's before summer ends. There we go. Look at us. The, summer, of the summer of Potter. Summer of Potter. Well, Sam, any final thoughts on Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince? Nope. I'm ready to get on the Deathly Hollows. I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> got a lot to talk about on our next one. Yep. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Sam, see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>